Bonus basketball, baby. Yeah, we had some bonus basketball in Cleveland on the first night of a back-to-back. But you know what? Ultimately, Matthew, Suns win. So who yep. cares, right? Or who does care? <laughs> After that overtime, this whole game, everything that you know, I was so frustrated about. I'm sure everyone was upset tonight, but it was well worth it, right? This overtime was like the best I've ever seen Miguel play, of course, but a dominant performance in OT. Just to show the Cavs, like, you know, we might be practicing for the playoffs. We <laughs> might be putting ourselves in these situations. That way, that's the only thing that makes sense to me, right? Is that's the only reason this is happening because there's no other reason, right? I don't, basketball is the reason. You know, everybody always forgets that even though you're playing a team like the Cavaliers, even though you're playing a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, these are professional basketball teams. We were those teams for the past 10 years that when the big, bad number one seed came to town, we would be pesky and we would fight. And ultimately, we would be the team that would lose by 16 in overtime. So we know what that feels like on that side of the coin. And now we're we're viewing it through a different lens. We're watching it as the number one seed and, and going through the emotional highs and lows that a game like this provides. I mean, Devin Booker makes an amazing bank shot. He's the hero. Clutch Booker, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And then he gets triple teamed and throws up a shot at the end of regulation, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing, Booker? I mean, so it's just like (laughs) just going up and down, and then overtime happens. So, I mean, it's just like, (laughs) you know, ultimately, the Suns win the game. The Suns are now 22-9 and on the road. The Suns are now what forty six and eighteen? Is that forty seven and eighteen? I mean, yeah, something like that. It's another, <laughs> another win. It's another win. But I can't wait to find out who you're really yelling at in that room, and if they're just so <laughs> frantic and frazzled over there in the corner. I feel like they're just like shriveled up to nothing. Sorry, Brooklyn. <laughs> Poor dogs looking at me is like, why do is? you keep yelling? No, yeah, there's no it's one Brooklyn. in here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my dog's like what are you doing why are you i don't <laughs> i'm yeah. going for <laughs> brooklyn just <laughs> looking like a dog does oh, but cute. uh but welcome to all the jamsters who are joining us on the sun's jam session podcast another victory for the phoenix sun so although we will break it down on this podcast not nothing to fret nothing to worry about we're coming out of this one happy and healthy with a w but we will break it down because that's what we do after every game here on the sun's jam session podcast if you're watching along live on youtube facebook or twitter we truly appreciate it if you happen to be on the youtube channel go ahead and smash the thumbs up button and subscribe to the podcast as well you can become an elite jamster simply by clicking the join button below or following the link that we have provided in the description feel free to donate to the show via the super chat so matthew can use a, a beard comb he's going to be growing out his playoff beard see there look it is I there got it is booker beard coming look at we we got to get this guy a comb we got to get the booker gotta get that comb beard comb for matthew so if you, you know, want I asked to that work a while ago i needed a comb for my mustache but no mustache this time dude just the booker beard just the booker beard i dig mm-hmm. it but if you want to donate in the uh, the chat via the super chat, go for it. Matthew could definitely use it. If you Thank are you. listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review and a comment. We'll read it right here on the podcast. You can email the show session at gmail.com. And that is all the housekeeping notes and all the promo little stuff that I'm going to do. So on that note, I think it's definitely well warranted. We have earned an alcoholic beverage of some point on this. What day of the week is it? Wednesday? Sure. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Suns have 48 wins. Today's Wednesday. Who cares? There you go. Well, (laughs) yeah. 
What do you got? Yeah, Roy in the track. He's like, I was, I thought we were going to buy Matthew some Jordans. I actually uh, got some never nice had a pair. Look at those Jordans in the corner, though. I got Is those 11s back at? there. Yeah, I'm, I'm yelling <laughs> at my pair of lesson. Jordans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here's what I'm drinking today. Okay. So shout out to uh, Terry, my rep from Southern Wine and Spirits. Uh, the Finnish Long Drink. It's a unique taste of natural grapefruit juniper flavors with gin. So it's citrus and gin. And kind of like this is going to be an interesting one. All right. So, well, let us uh, know. Let's let's crack this baby open. I mean, it sounds crisp, right? It sounds like it should be good. Let's give it a sip ski. Cheers. That's actually really good, man. Is it? Ooh, that's let good. Try. Let me try. Here Hold on. Go. Oh wait, I went the wrong way. There you go. <laughs> here, here, here you go, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you. John. All right, Jamsters. Let's talk about this victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's the first game of a back-to-back that begins in Cleveland and ends against the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow night. So obviously, you don't want to go to overtime necessarily. You don't want to tax your players and provide them long minutes. You kind of want to see a bench game. And what happens to the Phoenix Suns? They're taken to the limit. They have to go an extra quarter, some bonus basketball, in an effort to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, but they do so in, in a very impressive fashion and ultimately win by 16 points. Suns 134, Cavs 118. And this is the first time the Phoenix Suns have won in Cleveland since January 26, 2014. Yes. Matthew, when we hit the overtime period, where were you emotionally? Do you really want to know? Yes. All right. I was throwing out the B word once in a while. Oh. I was I was getting crazy here in the Lissy household. I was seriously, I, I was by the TV, standing up nice and close, and I was wondering why is Devin Booker running to the corner, sworn by all the Cavs players to shoot the like you know he does that sometimes, so it will frustrate you. And I didn't want this for the Suns, and I'm sure they didn't want it. Chris Paul looked like he didn't want this overtime <laughs> when they went to commercial break before overtime. He's like, oh come on, you know he's the waiter, right? He's like. How many more ranches do you need? This is exactly the way he felt tonight going into overtime. But luckily, we had Mikael Bridges to step up. But I felt going into that overtime, I didn't know what to expect. I've never seen the Suns play an overtime like this to where they were so dominant, especially one player like Mikael Bridges. And I just, I was like, if we lose this game, fine, I guess. But then we have to play the Hawks tomorrow. So it's like, they shouldn't be in this situation, but it doesn't matter because a lot of teams that play the overtime or they'll play a, a long game, long, hard-fought game the night before a back-to-back, usually come out the next game and can still play. You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to be so tired. They won't be cramping up like a Coro. I think they'll be okay tomorrow. Yeah, obviously you don't want to lose the first game of a back-to-back because then it puts more pressure on the team going into night two of the back-to-back. And the Suns have a good history thus far this season in the back-to-backs. So I've now said back-to-back a total of four times. Back-to-back times. Back-to-back back to back times, like I say the back-to-back. <laughs> but they have a really good record, and it's because they do a good job shoring up the first game. But I'm yes. with you, and I'm with a lot of the Jamsters who are joining us. We have King Paw 242 He says he refuses to pass to the open man. It's frustrating. And as that play was developing, they they threw, and I, I love this, because we're going to pretty much start at the end of the game, then we're going to kind of navigate our well our selves through the game yeah. and talk well, how much about have what, you watched what, just really quick 
Did you watch the whole game? Of course. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. So I just okay, wanted yeah. to make sure. Okay. No, yeah. I, I watched every possession, got off a little okay. bit early, uh, cool. came home from work and, and watched every possession. But it, the final possession of regulation, Booker starts off. It's 24.9 seconds on the shot clock. So he's got 24.0 seconds to get a shot off. And you know it's going to be Booker. They start to throw the double at him. And he actually passes out of it and gives it to Chris Paul. My, and I literally out loud, I'm like, yes. That's what I want to see. I want to see Chris Paul with the ball in his hands because I just feel like he can do so much more and it's less one-dimensional than it is with Devin Booker. You saw it because Devin Booker went to the right, kept going to the right, and just kept picking up defenders <laughs> along the way. He's like, all right, one guy's on me. Now two guys. Lab, fuck it, let's to go the corner three. of the end zone. To the corner Touchdown. of the end zone, shoots it, you know, and shoots a wild shot. We've seen yeah. that shot multiple times. We've seen it in person. He's done it where he just kind of goes into that three-point corner, takes 17 defenders with him, and shoots up a rainbow that ultimately misses. And as part, midway through that possession, I was like, sweet, man. CP3 has the ball. This is what we want. He can generate something else. So, again, you know, I don't fault Devin Booker. It's a tied game. This is, wasn't a game in which he was truly trying to win it. Uh, it or if or the consequence would have been so heavy that if he had missed it, we would have lost it. But it was frustrating. And then as overtime began, I was just, I was with you. When you give a team like the the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that truly kind of has no business being in the game. I mean, let's be real. I think, uh, forgive me, whoever, uh, Dave King wrote the preview today for Bright Side of the Sun, and he said something along the effects of Suns by 20. It's the way it should have been. But when yeah. you give young players an opportunity to find their rhythm, to navigate the offense the way that you know allows them to put points on the board and develop confidence. When you hit an overtime game against those teams, you're you should be right to be scared. Yeah, I mean, we all have the opportunity to really be scared in a lot of these situations because this is the same exact way we play all these teams, right? Mm -hmm. We get up by ten, and it's like, okay, we we might take it over. The Suns might go. How's that beer? Looking good, tasting good. It's not a beer. Good. It's like a gin drink with grapefruit and citrus. Oh, and you I know, think it's yeah, it's freaking delicious. You know, the I finish think long drink is the name of this thing. It is fantastic. The Jamsters, I think, remember the story of me and gin. So, uh, yeah, maybe don't I take drink shots of gin. <laughs> don't take shots of gin. All right. Yo, I want a Bombay Sapphire. Yeah, yeah no, neat. Just I'm going to shoot it. You might end up in jail. Um, <laughs> anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So the Suns go up by 10. It, you, it's right, right? Like the Suns play this kind of game always against these kind of teams where they go up by 10 and you think, okay, they're pulling away and then they don't. But it's just because I don't know if it's the effort really. I think it's these teams. EJ always says it. He's like, you can't let them in the game early in the first three quarters. But even like the first half, if you let this team think that they have a chance and they had those two young guys going off on a Coro and Sexton, mm -hmm. they're going to continue to be hot, I feel like, and especially playing a bigger team. They want to be talked about the next day. He actually said that too, so I'm copying everything EJ said and just putting it on this podcast. <laughs> but but it's, it's totally true, man. This is why he's my stepdad. This is why I love this man, because he speaks what I think. And honestly, that's what they wanted. They wanted to be talked about the next day, beating the big-time Suns. You know, Suns are now mm -hmm. the number one seed. And you want to go at them, and you want a chance, and that was their chance. The Suns played with them like a cat would with a mouse, but then just couldn't finish a job. And I honestly, I think that this is kind of cool to watch in a way. Towards the end, of course, I'm frustrating, but uh, frustrated. But the ending only sucked because of that three pointer. But then I was kind of like, I want to see the Suns in these situations and see what they do. And I think a long time ago we talked about. I wrote a piece about Mikel being that third option offensively. I mean, you saw it in overtime, mm -hmm. but how consistent can he be? That man, how consistent can he be 
to have the ball in his hand. Defensively, we know it's there. He was frustrated. He didn't want Okor to score the, the last bucket that gave him a cramp, but then he he did, and Mikel came back vicious, and he didn't want that to happen again. So I think he he kind of showed that he's a third guy, but it depends how consistent he's going to be and how often you're going to see this from Mikel. And it might be something that we see in the future even more because that was a ridiculous game by him. So it, it's kind of cool, dude, to win in overtime because we've got to see some uh, some history, right? This is some history in the making with the Suns. Some bonus Mikhail, uh coverage tonight. And uh, you're right. You know, he potentially could be the third option one day on this team. You want it to be DA, but DA, we've kind of shown throughout the season we don't need him to be. If we put enough offensive po- firepower around him, he can focus on the defensive end, rebounding, and, and and having an opportunity to try to you know navigate the game and, and own it on that end of the floor. And you saw it with Mikhail. I mean, a, a fantastic overtime performance. Uh, Tree Nugs 117 in the chat. Uh, shout out. Hit us up on the Super Chat. Gave us $7.77. Triple seven. Yeah, he, said, he said, Suns come, came into OT and said, do you feel lucky, punk? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Do ya? It's one of my favorite movies, man. One of the Love best that. movies. I thought it was yes. one you can watch with like your mom, maybe your mom, but no. like my mom, you can't watch that one. No, man. It's Clint Eastwood going around chasing some guy who's essentially like a pedophile. That's the cowboy one, right? Trying to blow. No, no, no. It's Dirty Harry. Oh, Is I thought Dirty Harry was the was the one where he was in the Western town. Okay. I no, mean, there's Western, a lot of westerns. With a lot of westerns with Clint Eastwood. The Outlaw, Josie Wales is probably my favorite. Good, Bad, okay. and the Ugly. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. But no, it's uh, Dirty Harry. Do you feel lucky, punk? I know, in all this excitement, did I shoot five or did I shoot six? And, you know, anyways, uh, but Mikhail Bridges, you know, I wrote down his, his possessions in OT. Mm-hmm. Block, three, dunk, block, assist. That was to Cam Johnson, who finally came alive in the in the overtime. What a sweet assist, too, man! Force force turnover, three. I mean, all of a sudden, boom! There was Mikhail Bridges, and you know, let, let's not let's praise Mikhail. You know, uh, he he was having a very interesting game up to that point. He had a yeah. he had like two or three times where he drove and had a wide open layup and would pass it out to the three point line. Yes. And I yeah. didn't understand why. And he wasn't the only one. Javon Carter did it. CP3 did it. Now, CP3 is the only one who passed out. And the guy actually hit the three, hit it to, to Torrey Craig. And Corey, Torrey Craig drained it. But I just, I'm like, what's going on with Mikhail? And on the other side of the ball, you know, you look at the numbers put up by uh, Colin Sexton and Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro had 32 points. Sexton had 29. A lot of those points came on Mikhail Bridges. Because what does Mikhail Bridges have a hard time? It's those quick, shifty guards. And you couple the fact that both of these guys are also physical down on the block. So when he would catch up with them, it didn't matter. They could bump him off just a little bit and get uh, those teardrops to fall. And in overtime, he completely changed. I don't know what happened in between the break from the fourth quarter to overtime. But Mikhail Bridges, I mean, he must have had some of Chris Paul's secret stuff, man, because he completely morphed and changed. Yeah, he was pissed after that. what happened to him on that shot. But then I think Okoro's cramp hurt Okoro. I mean, honestly, Okoro mm-hmm. couldn't be stopped by anybody in the paint. His his floaters were going over. Everybody he's getting to the rim at will. But I think it was his, luckily, I know it's weird to say, a rookie got a cramp and we, we can win the game. But I think kind of that had a lot to do with it. But Mikhail, I the whole passing out to the three-point, that drove me that drove me absolutely insane. I was like, just lay it up. They were wide open layups wide by the open. rim. And they kept passing it out. And I think a few passes by Mikel to Cam Johnson. I think the whole thing there is, hey, let's get Cam Johnson going. Like, hit a three, get back in the game. And, like, he, Cam Johnson took the ball to the rim a lot. 
in this game, you know, more than usual. And mm -hmm. he's trying to learn how to finish at the rim. That one foul that should have been by Kevin Love. Well, <laughs> he, I'm just saying, like he finished at the rim. That reverse dunky at an overtime. That's, yes, uh, it's like yeah, he I was learned that one. <laughs> Dude, okay, get to it. That was insane. That just was the cherry on the Sunday, right? That one was. Forget what I was going to say. Who cares? That reverse dunk. I I don't even know what to think after that, man. Because we've seen that dunk over Javale McGee, which is yes. his highlight of his career. But that one is absolutely the highlight of his career. I don't even know. He got yeah, to the on rim. Jared Allen, like damn son. That's the one guy you don't think you can dunk on right in the nba is jared allen defensively one of the best centers in the league and he did it i know that team is probably tired the Cavs probably haven't fought that hard in a while in a game so that probably had something to do with just the breakdown of the Cavs in the overtime but that dunk absolutely was great and what mikhail was trying to do was maybe get cam johnson just the ball a little bit more get him more involved and shoot the three but he was getting to the rim and i was saying that kevin love that should have been a foul but then I guess he should have put his body more into Kevin Love, EJ mm -hmm. said. And it's, it's true. Those Him and DeAndre Ayton will get used to that and work on that down on the post to draw those fouls. But uh, just that reverse dunk, dude. That was play of the game by far. So, so here's the interesting, interesting thing about Cam Johnson, okay? So I'm sitting there and I'm watching the beginning of the game with my wife. And she's just like, hey, that guy's got sleeves on. Why, why does he have sleeves yeah. on? Ugh. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like it's something I don't think about anymore because I watch – the, the Suns every night and you know you it was one of the first questions we had when he was a rookie he's like always with the sleeves and then she goes do you think he's self-conscious about his arms I go maybe he is and then I start thinking I'm like well maybe I wonder if his sleeves are affecting his shooting because now he's like oh. he's a little bit he he's a little bit bigger now you know he's not the, skin, <laughs> the skinny rookie that he was it's a little yeah. too tight for him you know so maybe mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons that as of late Cameron Johnson hasn't been having uh, a, a stellar performance relative to three point. You know, you look at tonight, one for six again from three, and you look yeah. at his last his last few games. Okay, from three, two for six against Oklahoma City Thunder, one for six against the Utah Jazz, zero for six against the Los Angeles Clippers, three for eleven against the New York Knicks, one for five against the Brooklyn Nets. 0 for 6 against the Boston Celtics, 3 for 9 against Philly, 3 for 6 was his last good performance, and that was against the Bucks. But if you go from the Philly game to his last game, uh, the last seven games, not including tonight, mm -hmm. he's shooting 20% from three, and then you take into account he made one three tonight. Now, granted, that three was in overtime, and it was off a pass from Mikhail Bridges. So I don't know if there's anything to the whole sleeves theory, but maybe, Cam, just maybe – we can have you outgrow them. Take them yeah. off. You know, you look last season, he shot 39% from three and 67% of his shots were from deep. This season, he's shooting 35.9% and 69%. So it, it's his efficiency's dropped uh, while his volume has gone, gone up. Yeah, it's, I like sleeves, Cam. I think we need to start a hashtag like hashtag <laughs> ditch the sleeves or something. Yeah, because you're looking at him, you're like, what's wrong? Like, you're just like, hmm, like, Hmm, what's wrong? With, oh, and then what's just wrong? rip his sleeves off. Like I honestly, just when so I was a bit of a beer to stroke when you do that, I saw um, that move. You're no, like, hmm. I do not. Actually, I, I don't. It's, it looks better on this lighting, but it looks <laughs> bad in real life. Don't ever see me in real life. <laughs> um, so when I was younger, insecurity of the arms, that was me with the jerseys. I always wore a shirt underneath. And that's what mm -hmm. I always thought with basketball players in college. I'm like, there has to be something, right? Cause they all wear uh, sh the short sleeve um, shirts underneath their mm -hmm. jerseys. And I don't understand it. I mean, I'll come on this pod. I've worn the tank top twice. 
you know, I've gotten over the insecurity. I mean, as insecure little boy that I was, I got over it. And I honestly, now I can wear a short sleeve shirt or I'm sorry, a tank top on the podcast, which is great. So maybe this is something that he can look into, man. Cause honestly, it just really just quick. That was a good, that was, yeah, but it was, it's actually a really good thought. I actually, I think it might be something there, but his shooting for some reason, I think every Suns player, at least one of them will go through a slump. Okay. Cam, this is maybe what his second or third slump he's been in this season. Right. And he's kind of been off and yeah. on all season, even yes, with the COVID. Correct. I know he had the COVID, but every there's always one Suns player that has a rough time shooting, getting anything going. So it's like it's his turn again. You know, he, he maybe thought like, oh, it'll pass me this time and I'll go to somebody else. But no, it came back to Cam Johnson because I don't know anybody else on this team. I know Dario Sarge just got done with his slump. Now he's looking a little bit better. But maybe, like a tap I think- your it thing. <laughs> Exactly. Now I think Cam Johnson, it, he's it now. And I think to get out of it is get to the rim. I know the reverse dunk, but he's been working on that more. And even Tim Kempton on the way home when I was driving home was saying, you know, that's what Mikhail improved on this year. We talked about it on the pod. This, that's what Mikhail improved on this year. The next year, Cam will get better at that. Yeah, I mean, he has a beautiful release. It's just not going in right now. And again, you know, yeah, coming not. from my wife, somebody doesn't watch the Suns nearly as Shannon? much as we do. You yeah, just call her Shannon. <laughs> Ch- everyone, Shannon. Everyone knows her. <laughs> yeah, so Shannon just, you know, fr- from the eyes of babes. She just looks at it objectively like, his sleeves, man. He must be self-conscious. I'm like, maybe he yeah. is. He's self-conscious. I, I'm just trying to find, obviously, a comical way to describe the fact that Cam Johnson is just not on right now. But again, hit a big three and then hit that savage dunk in overtime. Ended... Uh, with a total of seven points on the game. So, you know, and, and five rebounds as well. So, I mean, it's not yeah. the end of the world for him. Um, if you look at other players, you know, I, I definitely want to talk about Devin Booker in this game. You know, the way that he started this game, he had 15 of the Suns' first 19 points. And you could see that he was going to operate in the paint. He's gonna, he's backing down. You, you know, Devin Booker's exciting when he sees Colin Sexton and Isaac Okoro, the guys he gets to go against, because they're just smaller than him. Because Devin Booker's not the biggest two guard in the league. No. And when he's going to be guarded by guys who are smaller than him, even though they are a little stocky, he was still backing them down, kind of doing what he wanted. Uh, you know, looking at his, uh, you know, first and foremost, congratulations to Devin Booker. Player of the week for the third time this season. Yeah. He, he is now tied with Stefan Marbury. For the like seventh or eighth total amount of player of the week selections in his oh, career cool. as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Do you know who has the most player of the week selections as a member of the Phoenix Suns? Sean Marion. No, he has six and is tied for second. Mari Stoudemire? Nope. He is also has six and right, is also is tied it? for second. That's Steve only two players Nash. I know. I know, but I for some reason I thought because of Nash's stats. I'm like, there's no way he won Player of the Week that that much because he seven times never as a member of the much. Suns. You look at the guys who did it, who've done it five times as a member of the Phoenix Suns. It's Kevin Johnson, Jason Kidd, guys who've done it four times: Charles Barkley and Larry Nance. Obviously, Stephon Marbury and Dev Booker, the two guys who've done it three times. Tom Chambers and Walter Davis both did it twice, and the guys who have done it one time: Goran Dragic, Dennis Johnson. <laughs> Maurice Lucas, uh, Mo Lewis from the early, uh, late, whatever, from the early, the 80s. Uh, Oliver Miller, Marquis <laughs> oh, yeah, Morrison, Elliot Perry. Elliot Perry got oh, uh, yeah. player of the week once. That was my favorite when I was young. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to him. And you could tell that he came out in this game, you know, excited that he had that award. I'm sure it's not the reason why, but, I mean, he just kind of fortified the fact that he just won player of the week with his performance. Ended the game with a total of 31 points, uh, 
14 for 27 shooting. Not an efficient night for Booker. But I'll tell you truthfully, it didn't really feel like he shot the ball 27 times. It's kind of weird. Yeah, and honestly, I could tell you, or I wish I could tell you that I would. I saw him play in the first half. Unlucky for me, I came home at halftime and honestly just got to see him go for three in the first <laughs> in the first yeah. few minutes of the second half, and then not really finish the game out too well. I mean, he had some big shots towards the end of the game, um, but in the first half, from what I heard, it it sounded good. It sounded like Booker was excited because of the Player of the Week, maybe. But I think more of it is just has to do with getting this game over with. Just kind of putting their foot on the throat of the Cavs. And that's what he was trying to do, right? Him and Chris Paul. And I think Aiden kind of stepped up a little bit in the beginning, but that was a book I think looked to do. And uh, shout out to his uh, Mama Cito wear too. You know, yes. the, the sweats. Those are pretty nice. Uh, nice. It, yeah, that looked pretty good this week, man. Well, the one thing you didn't miss was the glitching Valley sports in the first half. I mean, was it bad? This, this transition, it's just all of a sudden it's just like, meh, meh. I, I don't know. I can't like describe it. It was like, oh. uh, <laughs> um, what's what, what's that one song? Um, remember Justice Justice League? What's the song? It's like, watch it. You know, Justice League is one of the worst movies. So I it is. Really, I can't is. remember. We saw it in the theater together. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, we saw that one in the theater together. Oh, right? I thought I was making out in that movie with somebody. Was it you? No, I was. I was three sheets down, but I don't know. You were smashing some popcorn. But it's just like every time I forget the name of the song. It's like, uh, God, oh yeah, like we it. did. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was Suicide people, Squad. Da, 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 yeah, Suicide Squad, not just yeah. Suicide oh, Squad. Okay. Like, so you're Watch it. Ribbit. Watch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's yeah, what like the uh, TV would do. Like you'd be watching. It's like Devin Booker. Watch it. You know, it's just like oh. good old freaking Valley Sports. The transition has not been smooth. And you're lucky you didn't have to watch that first half because it was just really glitchy. And then people who are watching it via the app, I hear it was heathens. even worse. Yeah, heathens. Yeah, yes, heathens. That's, People and what's the name of the heathens, uh, 21 pilots? Yeah, 21 pilots, go. yes. Yeah, God. We we come full How do service. I not know that, man? Okay. Yes, thank you to Crazy thank Luigi you. hitting us up and let, and and riding the ship as I'm sitting here just drinking some tea on You want John's new Jordans. Congrats. <laughs> That's what you win. No, it's like uh but you know, <laughs> it it wasn't fun watching it from that aspect. Uh Another, but one thing that was fun to watch, and I always have to compliment it, for those of you who are new to the podcast, we do a thing called the Jammies. It's like our preseason, midseason, and end-of-year awards. And one of the ones we have is the Jesse Katsopoulos Award for the best hair in the league. Yeah. And whenever I see Jared Allen, like I just there's a reason why he won it last year for me, was my preseason Jammy winner. And like I've changed it midseason, but like it'll probably be Jared Allen again. He was I love his hair. Uh, he had a nice night again, you know, 17 points, seven for 11, eight rebounds, five assists for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And truthfully, through the first half, he was owning DeAndre Ayton, man. Oh, was he? Uh, just really quick on his hair, though. I feel like it's even gone up another notch. The, he just doesn't I, care. That fro is not really very really tame, is it? It looks really good, man. I like how it's kind of crazy at the end. Usually you don't see that too much. I, I don't no. feel like I've seen that too much from him. So it's a little bit of a wild fro, man. And he looks badass. But for him to take on DeAndre and be a problem, you know, that's something that I would expect. That's one guy that DeAndre, when he goes up against, I do expect that. A lot of these guys, I'm like, come on, DeAndre. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. But he's the one. He's the one where we talked about I mean, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned it when we're talking about the trades and stuff and Nathan, who could mm -hmm. we get for him? And we kind of scratch our heads with Jared Allen just because of how consistent he is and knowing his place on the floor. It might be a good fit for a playoff run in a championship, but he's very, very talented. And EJ even pointed out his little shot he has. If he gets mm -hmm. that to go down, 
totally true, man. If he can be deadly on offense, he's going to be one of the best centers in the league. He's still very young. He is very young, and he's on a nice contract right now. And I think that's, you know, again, he's somebody that we're both a fan of, but I'm not a fan of when he goes up against DeAndre because he does give him fits. Watch 2021. And that's how the first half went tonight. You know, DeAndre Ayton once again carried over some of that OKC uh, energy, if you will, or lack thereof. It didn't look very engaged early on. And he was definitely outplaying and outthinking him. Jared Allen was. Uh, and couple that with the fact that DeAndre Ayton had some very bad bounce passes. And, you know, normally he's a good laser passer. He does have a little Cam Newton quality on it. You know, it's like he gets the rebound, turns around, just chucks it at somebody. And, like, mm-hmm. Cam Newton will do that shit if the running back's five yards away or if the guy's 20 yards down the field, he'll just throw a duck that goes right, right in the helmet. Yeah, yeah <laughs> boom. You know, they're like, dude, I'm right here. Lob it to yeah. me, you know. And yeah. So, but but to, to that point, DeAndre Ayton is an effective passer because he hits the guys, boom, right, right in the hands. But he was trying this like these bounce passes tonight, one to Mikhail and one to, to Booker. And just he throws them too hard, just they bounce and, and yeah. ricochet and go right out of bounds. So twice he did that in the first half. And I was like, oh no, like, you know, obviously I have a little section in my notes where I write down things about eight and watch. I'm like, yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a tough time talking about DA because he just didn't look like he had it. And then he came alive in the second half. He had a savage block on Isaac Okoro. And he had another one on Colin Sexton too. He ends the night all you know with a total of five blocks. And I like it because they gave yeah. him all the five blocks. He earned every one of those blocks. The overtime he had like three more, man. Yeah, him and McKill had like three together, right? Yeah, <laughs> like their hand was, was both on the ball at the same time. I feel they, like they were having happening. a get that shit out of here clinic mm-hmm. in overtime tonight. So what was the deal? Um I know first half I missed most. So I was listening to and I heard the bounce passes by John Bloom speaking about just turning the ball over with a pass. So that must have been a bounce pass there. But what was the deal with um Kaminsky was in at the end of the game, other replacing Aiton. I mean, Aiton looked like he had some a hard time. I know last game I talked about his switching on defense in the paint wasn't the greatest. And I feel like tonight it was kind of the same. It was kind of just he was lethargic in a way to mm-hmm. yeah, he was going towards Carlin Sexton at a certain time and they couldn't turn around in time to get uh, whoever was on the other side receiving the pass. Mm-hmm. And that continued to happen a lot. I mean, I don't feel like we used to see this earlier in the season, but then Frank was in there the last play for against the Cavs. And I I don't know what that was, dude. But well, I, I think mean, he was in there the last play offensively because he is somebody who can be a spot up shooter and potentially make a shot that, you know, he's more of an offensive player than DA is at times, mm-hmm. given what you're trying to execute. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea. I think you put DA in there because he is so good at getting the offensive rebounds and putting them back up. I mean, he had nine rebounds tonight. Four of them were offensive. Uh, but I, I, you know, I don't really know kind of what the, the game plan was there at the end of the game, but he did have a hard time and he does have a hard time like most bigs do on these small quick guards. I mean, Colin Sexton is unbelievably fast. He's not De'Aaron Fox fast, but he's yeah. definitely up there. It's like one of these guys who's just going to bolt towards the rim. And I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit in SB Nation says, as I was monitoring the Cleveland Cavaliers site, but a lot of the Cleveland fans don't like it because it's kind of out of control. And it, but it is yeah. it is an aspect of his game that makes it harder for DeAndre Ayton to defend, and that's again that's any big in the league. But he kind of he he timed it up. He started to time it up at the end of the game, and it took him a, you know about three quarters 
to really realize like, okay, I can let this guy get past me a little bit because I know he's just going to try to either try to create contact and fall away. And when he does that, I'm swatting that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, Sexton, a Capricorn, usually us Capricorns, we're, we're very caring about you know that. Cause I looked it up. I look oh. up a lot of, I, I try to watch basketball players and I try to guess when they're born, what month they're born in. And I, I guess right on him. He was one. I don't know how, but I did. He's in January. Um, so he is a guy that is, he's very sharing. He seems like he should be sharing, but what I heard, I don't know if you were listening to Ryan Rosillo made a comment on one of the pods, how the other players in the Cavs, for some reason, like they don't, he had some assists tonight. I think he had seven or eight tonight at the look, but usually what the defense will say against the Cavs is like, you're not gonna get the ball. Colin Sexton has it. So he is kind of like what he was compared to coming out of the draft, like an Eric Bledsoe, right? Quick. Mm-hmm kind of not out of control really as much. I think more because he's young, he's that way. But just a guy who's not going to be the, the best passer, he's going to look to score first, and he'll have a game like tonight. I think tonight for him and Okoro were both career highs, right, in points. Was that correct? I heard that, that on the podcast. Isaac Okoro, yeah. Isaac Okoro yeah. had a career high in points. Okay, I thought I heard that Sexton did too, which I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. No, I, I, f- I feel like he's put up a, a close to a 50-burger before. Because he yeah. shoots so much. And again, you know... uh looking at what some Cavs folks were saying, they pretty much said there's every time Colin Sexton has the ball, three thing, one of three things are going to happen. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to try to create a foul or he's going to, but no matter what, he will shoot it, you know? And like, yeah, he scored 42 points earlier this season. So that was his career high. Okay. But, um, so I think honestly, this player, this team, the Cavs, they had a chance. I really think to take over with three point shooting, and I feel like they didn't get as many attempts as they should have gotten because I think a lot of these players on the team were kind of hot from three. So keep mm-hmm. feeding those guys. They they might have taken over the game and won because it looked like there was just one of those nights the Suns were playing a team that just couldn't miss from three. But luckily they weren't shooting it too much, mm-hmm. and you know it's a lot to do with sex and I don't think sharing the ball too much. Well, exactly, and again, it's what pisses off Cavs fans. But yeah. real quick, back to Aiden, just to f- finish up kind of a couple notes yeah. I had on him. Uh, his shot deterrence, offensive boards, and putbacks were really positive in the third. He'd be somebody who's really good at tips in 21. You ever played 21? You know yeah. what tips are? Yeah. No, yeah, tips, you tip a bin. or you Yeah, you have, to, you, have to, you have to jump, jump. up and, put, and do a putback, yeah, and it, like, it zeroes zero. out somebody's points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aiden that's would be word. great at that. Like That's what he does on offensive boards. Like He doesn't try to get the ball, bring it down as much yeah. as he used to. He gets the ball, just puts it right back up. And sometimes it goes mm-hmm. in, uh, or a lot of time it goes in, a lot. Of, sometimes it goes out. But you know, kudos to him on sticking with it tonight. Had a dominant uh, fourth quarter and overtime. You know, not necessarily offensively. Again, he ended with a total of 17 points, uh, but he did on, was it 17 for, no, 15 for him, seven of 11 shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the five blocks is just like, whoo man. That's yeah. exactly what you want to see from DeAndre freaking Aiton, man. Yeah, and I heard you on the podcast today, um, Locked on Suns, really good pod. You guys are Thank actually you. talking about Aiton and uh, just, you know, you said, and I think you said it earlier too, and I just want to touch on him being, you know, really just focus on defense, being a really solid defensive mm-hmm. player. But you can see like offensively when it comes alive in the third, how it sparks everybody. But I think tonight in the third, what happened is the teammates helped him get more involved. They were really looking for him, inspiring him. Someone put on Twitter after Chris Paul got hit on the shoulder, which should have thrown Sexton out of the game. Yeah. He got more involved. It got 
more juice, you know? And I think that's what happened. But I think for the Suns to be contenders, I really think we have to emphasize that he needs to be somewhat good on offense. And the 15, 16, 17 points, that's a lot for DeAndre just because he doesn't get to the line. He doesn't shoot the three. You know, if he goes nine for 10, that's 18 points. It doesn't look Mm -hmm. that great, but it's so efficient. That's Mm -hmm. where I want DeAndre to be. You know, I don't want him to score 30, 35 points because he we can't. don't need he him to, but, but we don't can't. need him to he can't right now, though, but, but he can't, he, but he, he can't he, get 30, but he could, if he got the shop opportunities, he doesn't get the shot opportunities. He, he doesn't, doesn't take the shot opportunities. Shots a game, though. He doesn't take 20 shots a game. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't yeah. have to. If he, if he, yeah, exactly. If, if he yeah. shot 20 points a game, he would average 30 points because of his efficiency, but he doesn't need to on this offense. They want him and Chris Paul and Monty Williams and the coaching staff says, we need you on defense. We're going to work into the offense. Obviously you're going to, you know, clean up the garbage at the rim, but you're not, you're not Joel Embiid. You're not Nikolai Jokic. You're not a center who is going to be the focal point of this entire offense. You are a tertiary option. And that's what he was, you know, tonight he ended up being the fourth theory Quintarian, I don't know English, but he was the fourth option essentially tonight, you know, because yeah. Mikhail Bridges had a great night and that's what you want. You know, De- uh, DeAndre Ayton ended with 15 points. That was the fourth highest total on the Phoenix Suns tonight. And that's okay because of the five blocks. That's what you want to be. And that's the point I was making on the locked on Phoenix yeah. Suns podcast with Brendan clean was he asked the question. He's like, you know, a lot of people say that Dev or uh, DeAndre Ayton needs to be the X factor in the playoffs for the Suns. And I go, he needs to be the X factor on one side of the ball. If he has a great offensive night, like we're going to win. If he has a great defensive night, we're going to win. If we have games like Oklahoma City where he's pretty much disengaged, those will bite us in the ass. So he doesn't need to be the elite carry us to a playoff or to a championship yet, maybe later in his career. But this season, the way that this team is built, as long as he is elite on one side of the ball, I'm comfortable with that. I'm happy with that. So if he doesn't show up on offense at all, like if he doesn't put in the effort, because all he has to do is put in effort. Well, that's on the offense. difference. Yeah, that's he, it. All he's got to do he is has put up the effort. effort there. Yeah, and I think he is the X factor all the way around because we see it in games. But there's so many examples this season where he hasn't really performed offense. Well, of course, we still won. Look at our record. But I'm just saying the games that he is just putting in an effort on the offensive glass, which is that's he, that's his best offensive game. The offensive glass. That is what you just talked about. Yes. But it's, that's all. That's what I love to see him down there because a few games this year where he wasn't doing it, it's like, what is he doing? Because he has the opportunity to have those putbacks go in easily. So I think he is definitely the X factor, but not in the way of like, let's just give him the ball the whole time. I'm just saying if he's efficient and just yes. looking for the ball, just being a part of the offense, that way he can take a lot of pressure off the other guys. That's Precisely. the X factor on offense. Agreed. And that's all we need him to be uh, this season. And it's proven to be successful. Again, this team's 48 and 18 and, you know, is probably going to end up with 50 wins in a 72 game season. Like it's pretty impressive. And one of the main reasons for that is Chris Paul uh, taking over in the second quarter when the rest of the offense appeared stagnant. When the moment he left in the second quarter, the Cavs came right back in it and had an 8-0 run. They bring Chris Paul back. It's a 16-6 run to end the first half. Uh, you know, and and he survived a Colin Sexton karate shot chop tonight. So you <laughs> know, I, 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 I'm impressed that he yes he survived the the judo chop. What'd you see on that play? I saw he should have been thrown out of the game. He seriously took a whack at his head. That's was just a frustration foul. But honestly, it was. Do you think because Chris Paul popped up so quick that they didn't throw him out? Because like I felt if he had sat on the ground oh, for just yeah. a split second more, like Colin Sexton's ass would have been gone. 
instead of getting up and telling on him right away, like, hey, <laughs> go look at that. Because I think it was funny that Chris Paul did that, but I think he just wanted to make sure that they can take a look at the replay because that was a blatant, just a throw in the arm, try to knock him out because I'm frustrated I didn't make the shot. And plus he's right on my back and I on the second chance he couldn't make it. So he's a frustrated player getting uh, or coming down off of the offensive rebound. That is honestly, that's a shot that should not have been taken. He should have been thrown out. I know usually it's like in this NBA, you can't really touch anybody, but that was really nasty, dude. I think it could have been worse. What if he would have hit him right in the eye, eye contusion or something? Who knows? You don't want that on this team, dude. But honestly, no. no, you don't want that. And I think Chris Paul, even tonight, just his passing though was really amazing tonight. He was like, he was whipping those things around the defenders, double team, getting it to Aiden and even Frank Kaminsky a few times. So he looked exceptional uh, passing wise tonight. A quick correction, Jen Sam says in the chat, 47 and 18. Are tomorrow, you sure? tomorrow will be 48 and 18. No, that's correct. How that's do we not know the correct. record? I said it earlier, then you said 48, so I just went with that. But I should have, <laughs> I should have trusted myself because. But any, but anyways, you're absolutely yeah. right. Chris Paul, the way he was passing the ball tonight, 23 points on eight of 16 shooting, so 50 percent from the field, six rebounds, mm-hmm. 16 assists for for the point guard, 16 assists. He was again. Every time the Suns would find themselves in some sort of uh, frustrating situation or that it wasn't clicking, like Kellen Olsen, okay? So he's a writer-slash-podcaster for ArizonaSports.com. He tweeted this out. He said, having piss, piss. <laughs> having Chris Paul to bail you out, out of a lackadaisical performance on a Tuesday in Cleveland is a luxury, I'll tell you. It's the truth. He bailed us out time and time again in this game when the Suns would hit a lull offensively or defensively because, you know, Devin Booker was missing a lot of shots. Mikhail, like we said, was very, very passive. Javon, very passive. DA, very passive tonight. And he was the one who ultimately set the team up, and he did it so beautifully, too. There was one play where he goes down. Jared Allen's kind of guarding him on three, and he just kind of stops and let Jared Allen kind of – it was a transition – just let Jared Allen kind of switch, go by. Jared Allen realized, like, oh, I got to guard this guy. And once he does that, he passes it right behind him to Mikhail Bridges. The next play, he comes down, and the same thing kind of happens, and Jared Allen slags off, and he just puts a three up right in his face. It's just like the fact that he can do these things consistently, I'm never not amazed by the performances that Chris Paul puts on. I'm so lucky and honored that we finally get to root for him after all these years of hating him. I know it just it goes out the window and when he got punched in the face I think we were in the bar cheering because we didn't like Chris Paul at the time I'm sorry to admit that that's the I, whole I'm not it's I'm, I'm a Suns fan there's you know I yeah. hate I hate Dylan Brooks yeah I know one day if he's a son it's gonna be tough for me to swallow exactly. but if he comes out and does the things that Chris Paul does I will absolutely yeah. accept him no <laughs> until then fuck that guy yeah I know and honestly tonight when when you look at Chris Paul there was a play in the fourth quarter, we drew a foul on Sexton, but it wasn't a shot. It was just like an extra foul to get in the bonus. And it might have been Kellen Olsen or one of one of the reporters for the Suns, or even a writer, that tweeted out that, you know, one thing to look at Chris Paul is he wants to get the team in the bonus. You know, he'll draw fouls, get to that in the late game situations because that's very crucial. And he like Chris Paul, after drawing the foul, threw up his hand. I don't know if he threw up three or four or the West side uh, sign (laughs) or something, but he was just like, that is uh, that's the fourth or third foul. So we're almost to the bonus. And I think that's just a smart cerebral. He thinks that way from him, man. We don't win this game. We don't win a lot of these games, obviously without Chris Paul and like the MVP case, it can be made that way. I'm sure 
or Jokic is going to win. But these kind of games, we do not win. When the momentum is taken from this team, Chris Paul is the only guy that can really get us back in. He's the only one that's, of course, he's a grown-up, but the mature player on the court to get our heads back in it and then get the rest of the team back in the game to finish it. Yeah, he's so unbelievably cerebral. And it almost takes, you know, a second after everything happens, you go, oh, Chris Paul is playing chess while they're playing checkers. And I know that exactly. that uh, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo, who went on a, a beautiful CP3 yes. rant on the latest uh, Bill Simmons podcast, they were talking about that. They were talking about the play that we referenced in the Utah game in which Jordan Clarkson was being D'd up by DA, and he did a fantastic mm-hmm. job on it. And the very next play in transition following that, he – he made it a point to get DeAndre in the ball. He's rewarding his big man for his effort on the other side of court. Not a lot of guys will do that. Those, you know, those sit back and knock that down the three or hit a guy over the three point line and give them an opportunity. Cause it's the modern NBA instead of feeding the, the big guy who just did a lot of effort to ensure that that possession was stopped. And that's the cerebralness of CP three that you have to appreciate. It's like, you know, I, I've referenced this before, but growing up, here going and seeing both Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson pitch for the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was just a completely different experience. And I went as much as I can because I knew I was watching absolute greatness. And yeah. when and we know as Phoenix Suns fans here, it's been a long time since we've had true greatness here. Devin Booker's great and he's on his way to greatness. He is, and he's going to be picking up all these little things that CP3 is throwing down. But we're watching a Hall of Famer right in front of us. And it's these little things that he does that equate to victories. And you know, it kept us in the game. Gave us an opportunity to to build a lead. The defense didn't hold at the end, but ultimately we win in overtime because the the Cleveland Cavaliers had to use all their energy to get back in this game, and we smoked them. We scored 20 points in overtime. 20 points in five minutes. The Cleveland Cavaliers scored four. We yeah. win by 16. Exactly. And that, that spreads to the other team, the teammates. The, what Chris Paul does to reward players, he did that to Aiden in the third quarter, but he saw with Booker even getting Bridges the ball after blocks down on the other side. Like That was not just Booker, it's everybody. It's like find the man and reward him. That mm-hmm. thing spreads. You know, It's not TJ Warren anymore bringing the ball up and just getting his shot, getting to his spot, yep. wasting 48 seconds out of the shot clock. Real quick. There you go. I'm going to go ahead and dish out the Jack Taylor award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. You know, you want to give this one to Isaac Okoro, but I know who Isaac Okoro is. I yeah. was a fan of his in the draft. I knew that he would go too high for the Phoenix Suns, but he's a guy who I would have been okay if he fell down to Phoenix. So definitely aware of him. This Keddy Osman guy. Yeah. Keddy Osman. Uh, now, a reminder, the Cleveland Cavaliers are currently 29th in the NBA in three-point percentage, okay? They shoot 33.8% from deep this year. Tonight, they shot 44.8%, and they were led by this Keddy Osmond guy, okay? Now, granted, he shot 5 for 14 overall from the field, 16 total points. So not an efficient night for one of the Osmond brothers over there. But four for six <laughs> downtown, this guy. Four for six. Five shots. Yeah. He made five shots. Four of them were for deep. And I was just like, he was the guy who was kind of keeping them in it. You know, the, the team overall, the Cleveland Cavaliers, just kind of kept hitting the threes. They hit a total of 13 in the game. Yeah, uh, They were hitting those timely threes led by old Keddy there. So I'm going to give him the Jack Taylor Award tonight. As soon as you brought up the award, I brought his name up to look up his stats because this is exactly what I was thinking of. When I was saying the Cavs were getting hot from three, it was him. 
feed him the ball. That's what they should yeah. have done for three. And honestly, like with the last five games, he's two for seven, two for seven, one for five, two for seven. Tonight, four for six. It could have been like a six for 10 or seven for 11 game for him if they would have kept him feed the ball. Him, but Colin Sexton doesn't no, do that. No, they didn't. And there was one play where he's like waving his arms and then Sexton threw it way too late and it got tipped by Cam Johnson. A beautiful pass by Johnson and Mikel for the layup or the dunk, whatever it was. <laughs> uh is there anything I missed from you? Any notes you want to throw out there before oh, I go dude, to the I'm next good. segment? We, we covered a lot. Well, how about this one? SB Nation says. All right, so I spent the <laughs> night hanging out on the SB Nation site for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It is Fear the Sword. That's the name of their site. With We're the right H? side of the sun. Schwad? The Sword. It's like Sean Connery. Your mother, uh-huh. Trebek. But fear, because <laughs> yeah. he, he, the one with S words, he's like, I'll take Schwartz for 500, <laughs> yeah. Alex. But it's Fear the Sw- Fear the Sword is the name of the SB Nation site for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And here's some of the things that they were saying. And I couldn't tell if they were being facetious or serious with these first set of comments. The first one was, all Devin Booker does is score. I don't know what Phoenix sees in him. Just looking for his own shot right now. Crazy tunnel vision. Heard his teammates hate playing with him. I mean, why wouldn't you? Guy thinks it's all about numbers. So that's clearly not a, a proper depiction of, <laughs> of uh, Devin Booker and his the way that he approaches the game. And then I, I posted that on Twitter, and then somebody said, hey, they're just kind of they're being facetious because that's the way that everybody nationally is talking about Colin Sexton at that. And so if you essentially go, okay, instead of saying Devin Booker, say Colin Sexton, all Colin Sexton does is score. I don't know what Cleveland sees in him. Just looking for his own shot right now. Crazy tunnel vision. Heard his teammates hate playing with him, which is one of the national narrative things right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? The guy thinks it's all about numbers. So, but then there was some talk a little bit later on relative to that. And they were just pretty much talking about how, you know, he, Devin Booker is somebody who, uh, doesn't look like he's very fun to play with. And I'm like, eh, you guys know what you're talking about. You know what? If I was watching the Suns, I might say the same thing because we say the same thing about Jason Tatum a lot to where yes, I <laughs> you do. know what I mean. And then if you're a Celtics fan, all you do is love Jason Tatum. So I think that's the way it is. And honestly, I, did you see any Kendall Jenner comments in there? No, nope. I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, then nope. they don't even know the real Booker. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah, like, you're not even talking Jenner. about Booker, not even talking about Kendall Jenner. Come like, what on, do you really dude. know? Yeah, I know. And uh, dude, Honestly, that's what Book is this year. He's a scorer, man. He's not really a playmaker the way he was or trying to be two years ago, of course, but he doesn't need to be. He's playing at an MVP level, uh, all-star level. I'm sorry, not MVP level. But that's the way he is this year. He's a superstar now, and this is the way he plays, man. This is the most efficient way he can play the game and help us win, so I'll take that. It's like Iverson Vlog says in the chat. He's like, they're just salty, which is correct. They don't even know their existence. They, they're no, on their own. They, they, right they, don't, they don't watch the Suns. <laughs> uh, but they did have one comment about Kevin Love, and I wanted to bring this up. They said it's difficult to watch a guy like Kevin Love play for us when he clearly doesn't want to be here. A difficult situation all around because his trade value has diminished to almost nothing, and his $30 million a year contract has two more years. I certainly don't feel bad for him, though. Bad for the Cavs organization, yes. How many people in the workforce don't want to be at their jobs every day, yet suck it up to continue to support their families? <laughs> There you go. There's the Kevin Love experience right there. Yeah, it sucked. I mean, he was excited for a coro. He was giving him like a little massage on the cramp, dude. Yeah, so I like I like that from him. That was fun to watch. And they obviously were going <laughs> off a lot about yeah you and okay they were obviously going off a lot about Isaac Okoro and how impressed they were tonight. Obviously, it was a career night for him, so they were just yeah. like, uh, "Wow, this is impressive." So um, there you go. There's your SB yeah. Nation says beautiful. That segment is now complete. <laughs> Get 
GM, star of the game. All right, GMsters, a reminder, if you're watching on YouTube, press the subscribe button and press that thumbs up button right now. Let all the other Phoenix Suns fans know where to come to get the best quality content on the interwebs right here, the Suns Jam Session podcast, because if apparently thumbs up, bring people here. So that's the way it goes. You know, if you are watching along live, please let us know who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I believe I let you go first last game, correct? Yeah. So I have to go first this game. It's tough because you have Booker, 31 points, obviously, but kind of inefficient. I mean, he he led the charge. It's almost like you have three different jam stars. It was like Booker, mid-game Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges OT. Um, yeah. Who are you going to say? Just tell me real quick so I can say I'm the other one. Say, I'm going to say Miguel, dude. All right, cool. I'm going to go with Chris Paul. 23 points, 16 assists. Booker. As one of the jam stars or one of the jamsters uh, pointed out in the chat, our jam star, Chris Paul, had 16 mm-hmm. assists and zero turnovers. Unbelievable night again for him. He carried this team when they didn't want to be carried at times. So yeah. he gets my jam star of the game. Matthew, are you going to do Mikhail Bridges? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Mikhail Bridges. Honestly, uh, I would have given it to Chris Paul. I would have, but for sure because of the assist. But he didn't reach 24 like Russell Westbrook last night. So how can you reward a man not Jeez, getting 24? Or 24 guy. assists in one game. So I'm going to go with uh, Mikhail because I think that is the most outstanding stretch of play from one player I've seen. Come it on. was just dominant on both it, sides. It, yeah, and honestly, it's like any other player, even if that was Booker, it's like he would miss one of those threes. But Mikhail didn't miss. I mean, he went three for four in, in the overtime, but I'm just saying, dude, usually a, a player that hot will miss at least one of those shots to go in to kind of like be like one of those, oh, shit, and everyone starts running around taking laps. But no, they kept going in. The blocks kept coming. So I, for that stretch of play, he's the jam star of the game. Well, you look at his overall performance on the night, 22 points, four for six from downtown, five rebounds, four assists, three steals, three blocks. So if you do the stocks, he had six total stocks tonight. As did DA, okay. he had five blocks, one steal. But I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with them. Uh, Grim Rippa says number twenty five, baby. It's got to be Mikhail from the Legend X, the real Legend X. CP three from <laughs> Kenneth Payne. Uh, the Boogie Trend says Chris Paul, Book, and Mikhail. CP three, Mikhail for Iverson vlogs. Um, let's see, keeps on going. Cam Johnson's dunk, yeah, I like that. That's that. That's yeah. a good one. You know, that was a jam star moment for sure. Mikhail set the tempo. Alex also says Cam Johnson's reverse dunk. Uh, Mikhail, Mikhail, Mikhail from Kenny Perry. Uh, two blocks for Chris Paul tonight. I didn't see that in the stat lines. God, he did everything tonight. Yeah, he's definitely my jam star. So, uh, pack this one up. It's over. It's on. I hit the wrong button. It's, it's on to. It's on to uh, Atlanta for the next game. Guess what? All right, Matthew. So this game, yes. you know, I asked you one question before we came in here. I said, did you update everything? Sons of Jazz? Oh, it's down there. Mm. Sons or Hawks. Well, who wins this game? We were going to do who wins. I got to update this to say Sons or Cavs. Sons or Hawks right there. Oh, but you start with this one. Who wins this one? Suns or Cavs? Matthew, you said? Mm. Suns. And I said? Suns. All right. So I'm 30 and 19 on this season. Matthew's 33 and 16. Up next, we have the Hawks on Tuesday. Matthew, tell me what you're thinking about the Pesky Hawks there. You know what? Not too much. I don't know too much about them. I'm just going to be blatantly honest right now. I know they're really <laughs> soaring right there. 
in the middle of the standings right now in the East. That's all I know, really. I've been watching more of the New York Knicks and the Hawks. So give me your take, because I'm not going to blindly just rant some bullshit out there for the Jamsters to go home and be like, no, he said this on the pod. This is what I got to look for in this game, because honestly, whatever I say right now is going to be bullshit. Tell me this. Is that what, live? What, 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 <laughs> <laughs> what division do they play in? The Atlantic. Yeah, see, I don't even know what the division names are in the Eastern Conference. Hell, I barely even know them yeah, in, in ours. Like, but right? they're currently first in the Southeast Division with a record of 36 and 30. Okay. They're a team that has been playing somewhat, you know, they've been playing well. They've lost, what, six games in their last like 10 games, something like that, 10, 20. Again, I don't know much about the Hawks either. I do see them on time to time. I was watching a little bit of them last night. Was it last night or two nights ago? I was watching a little bit of them. Uh, they're a team that, you know, obviously they're led by Trey Young and his his usage. He has 25 points a game, 9.4 assists a game. He's definitely somebody who can get hot from three. You know, obviously the thing that frustrates me about him is his free throw attempts a game is nearly nine a game. Just somebody who likes to do the head bobbing. Um, but they're a team that obviously the, the Suns can beat. That's, with, that's without doubt. There's a team that Suns can beat. But they're a team that is playing for a lot right now. You know, you look at the NBA standings, they find themselves right there. As you mentioned, they're right there in the middle with everybody else. And they're they're probably doing everything they can to position themselves to have the same thing as the Suns, like a nice run to the finals. They're the fifth seed. So currently they would be playing the fourth seed in New York Knicks. And truthfully, that's a series that I would really enjoy watching. Wouldn't you? Yeah, no, I definitely would. And <clears throat> someone was asking if Trey Young's actually playing. He was out for, I think, three games. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, four games. They went uh, two and two. But, yeah, he's back. They won two in a yeah, row. He, yeah, he's back since he's been so, back. Yeah, I mean, I'll, we talk about the West standings, and every matchup would be great to watch. And the East mm-hmm. is the same way, right? I feel like there's a lot of competition out there. You got the Wizards coming in at number 10 right now. That's yeah, Milwaukee, hot- Milwaukee versus the Heat is currently the 3-6 matchup. And, yeah. man, I would thoroughly enjoy that one. Is it weird, though, I, the Heat I'm not too into anymore? I just feel like their they're success in the bubble, I'm not saying it's not going to carry on until next season, but they're just hitting a dip. Tyler Hero, I don't know. We can go on a tangent, but never yeah. mind. I'm just saying Their role that, uh, players aren't nearly as effective, as effective as they were in the bubble last year. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, uh Obviously, when we play the Hawks, I'm mm-hmm. concerned because you go against Trey Young as a guy who can get hot at any time. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, if he does DM up, he's another one of those guys he's going to have a hard time with because he can blow right by him. And don't get me wrong, Mikhail's a great defender and can and can make up a lot of ground on those smaller guards, but he has a hard guy, a hard time with the shifty guys. Trey Young's one of those shifty guys. I almost want to say, hey, put Chris Paul on him and see Javon. how that works. Well, yeah, Javon. Seriously, Javon could 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 get into you know he'll be all in his shorts with the man. So, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Well, <laughs> terrible coverage by me. <laughs> well, who's going to win, Matthew? We'll see how it goes. Uh, <clears throat> you know what? I think I saw someone in the comments say that Suns aren't going to come out and play hot. But I think after this game, they're definitely going to roll over the Hawks. I think they're going to crush them. Okay. Honestly. So you're saying the Hawks in this one. We have seven <laughs> games to go. I'm going Hawks on this one. Well, I said Suns. I know. So I'm going Hawks. I think this oh. is an opportunity where I could catch you. I don't want to catch you. Because you said sons, but if we yeah. do lose the one byproduct, the one little thing I can be happy about is the fact that I got that one right. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast? Real quick, Tory Craig. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, like Jordan reincarnated. You notice how, like, every time he oh. goes to the basket, he does the up and under? I told you that one yeah. movie he had. Well, he reverse- did it like twice today. He's like, yeah. 
But that first one where he went, yeah, he does it all the time. He's so smooth around there, dude. Yeah, the juice is awesome. Uh, what else do I have, though? Yeah. Is uh, the, the telecast last night, the telecast from ESPN on ESPN2. The uh, This Laker? is why you lose. No, no, no. They were doing the uh, Avengers game where it was like they're wa we're watching the basketball game. It was the Pelicans versus the Warriors. Okay. And it was like a Marvel series thing. And they had like whoever can win or whoever has the most superhero points or something. I didn't watch the whole thing, but it's like, it's for like uh, my nephew, Eric, who will watch uh, if he's getting into basketball, but they have the Marvel theme on there to help them. It's a very cartoonish. Oh, really? Yeah. It was kind of cool. You know, I don't think a lot of people gave a shit. I think it's just, it's something that, you know, little kids can kind of get into. They have like the black Panther pop down in the stands and start watching the, like these little things like that. So it's all about Marvel, even the halftime show. It's a new set. All they do is talk about superhero wise, how so this game is going. So it's kind of like what the NFL did with Nickelodeon, where it's, they try to make exactly the game. The same okay. Thing. Yes. But they yes. do it with Marvel because it's Disney. That makes sense. I it guess that would make cool. sense. It'd be fun for little kids. Cause like no kid can say Giannis Antetokounmpo, but they can be like, Oh, Captain America. There you go. Yeah, that's a way oh, to get them interesting. in there. So, yeah, so was, cool. was it was it a game that was live or was it a game that was pre-recorded? Yep. It was live. Really? Live How did I that. not see that last night? It must have it had it been live. I don't think it was pre-recorded. Well, I don't know. Well, I think on that note, let's get out of here. All right. All right. So re remember, Jamsters, if you're watching along live, we appreciate it. If you're listening along, not live, but tomorrow or later today, we appreciate it as well. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, review, hit all the thumbs button, thumbs ups buttons, <laughs> do all that fun stuff. Uh, if you get a chance, listen to me. I was on the Locked On Phoenix Suns podcast with Brendan Clean, and I kind of threw out some of my LeBron conspiracy theories that I haven't even said on this podcast, uh, which I was going to bring up tonight, but we, we talked so much. We start making these two-hour podcasts, dude. Seriously, man, because I, I could talk. I have a whole like tangent. I started on with LeBron, but I'm like, I didn't want to go too deep with Brendan. I, I heard it, and I was like, you didn't get to most of it. So Yeah, know. I'm like, I didn't. I didn't want to scare Brandon away. He's like, I'm never having that crazy son of a bitch on my podcast you're like, again. Hold, you're like, hold on, let me take this pot over really quick. Yeah. yeah my, he's like, anything else? I'm like, dude, LeBron, I swear. Yeah. I swear yeah. he's he's saying all this bullshit because he wants us to believe how hard it is. And he's going to come out healthy and just like run through the West and be like, see another hard one, man. I had to do it as a seven seed, you know? So anyways, you on. <laughs> no, you can't do that. On Locked <laughs> on. That's, that. that's right here for the jamsters on the sun's jam session podcast. So we'll maybe we'll get into that tomorrow night after the Atlanta Hawks game. So on that note, again, cheers, everybody have a great night. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Yeah, everyone have a good night. And uh, who painted that mural behind Voida? Voida did. I did. I did. Yeah. And, and what sucks is I'm always sitting right here, so you don't get to see it in its entirety. Because yeah. you got, like, Steve Nash. Like, you don't yeah. get to see Steve Nash or Charles Barkley. Part. You know, he's always right behind me. So, well, yes, I, I picked it in the garage. Yeah, yes, just I, do. I do have prints. Uh, if you want anything, it's all on our Redbubble page. Actually, the link is below in the podcast to that art on Redbubble. You get it on a coffee mug. You can, Matthew has it on a big shower curtain. So every I time do. he's taking a he's he's taking a crap or he's taking a shower, Sean Marion's looking away. You notice how Sean's yep. looking away? He's like, I don't want to see that shit. I cut a hole in one of their mouths. We'll find out. But anyway, <laughs> go home and love go home and love your family. How are they supposed to have to do